the Numinous Podcast with Carmen Spaniola. Hi there, and welcome to the Numinous Podcast, where we have interesting conversations with everyday folks about the mystery of life. I'm your host, Carmen Spaniola, joining you from the lands of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples, the Songhees, and the Esquimalt First Nations, recently known as Victoria, BC, Canada. I'm so excited for this episode. My friend Dana DuPont is here to talk about art journaling with the moon. I'm going to start right off the bat by saying you should follow her on Instagram at Dana DuPont. So it's D-A-N-A-D-A-P-O-N-T-E. I'll link to it in the show notes, obviously. But just so you could like even now just like scan her art and just see how loving and it just has a real vibe of like acceptance and like a celebratory I just I just love it Dana is a professional intuitive an artist a witch and a certified map practitioner she helps highly sensitive people reach their goals with the moon and the power of the subconscious mind she believes play is a portal to the divine and you don't have to be serious to own a paintbrush she is the creator of the moon mapping year a collection of recordings that rewire the brain in rhythm with the seasons and lunar cycles, and the private Map Your Mornings podcast, where she shares daily recordings that work with your subconscious mind and the astrological energy the moon is reflecting down to us. It's so cool. She also leads a community that loves to art journal with the moon, and every new moon, she shares a creative moon cycle guide to help you use the energy of the new and full moon phases to heal and manifest. She's here today to jam with us and share more about the intersections of creativity, the moon, the subconscious mind, the body and disability and art. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my dear friend, Dana. So Dana, what identities do you lead with? You know, I was thinking about this lovely question since I'm like, as I was saying, a long time listener, first time caller. I love that. Only like Gen X and older will get that because we oh listen to call in radio. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is just so exciting. Um, and then I laughed because I'm like, oh, I probably have to start with I'm a Gemini because I want to say 5,000 things. <laughs> So um, yeah, I'm I'm so many things, and I'm so many things that I want to be. So I was like, oh, can I include those as well? <laughs> like my wannabe list. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I identify as a mother. I identify as a daughter. I identify as an auntie, as a godmother, as a granddaughter. And as like a great, 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 many, many times great granddaughter of this woman that I learned about in my lineage named Marguerite Sylvestre. And I just feel like it's so important to identify with her as family. Mm -hmm. um, her, her story is just so very symbolic uh, and represents so much of what has happened for many years in my family with women mm. so very much identify with that I I'm a professional intuitive in my work um 
I'm an artist. I'm a map practitioner. I'm a book lover. I'm uh, a Trekkie. I'm a wannabe Trekkie. Not really a but like I'm like a wannabe Trekkie. Like I secretly wore gold gloves at my grade 12 grad. And in my head, that meant I was a Trekkie and nobody else would know. <laughs> I don't know what gold gloves have to do with Star Trek, but in my mind, they had everything to do with Star Trek. <laughs> um, there's also some identities that are just really emotional, like that carry just a lot of emotional weight um, to them. One of them is like, I'm white, I'm fat, I'm, um, I'm French. That one has a lot of history that was hard and one that I rejected that identity for a very long time. Um, I'm a highly sensitive person, extremely um, sensitive. I'm a recovering new ager. <laughs> There's just so much that I'm recovering from. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's a lot. And I'm, um, I want to be author. And even though I've created some book type things, I still feel like I'm like only just playing with that identity. Mm. Still. Mm. So yeah, those are some mm. of them. I'm very curious if there was like two or three words to describe Marguerite and like why about her story, that oh. ancestor. And yeah. then the other thing I want to ask you about is can you define what MAP is? Yeah. Um, so two or three words for the ancestor would just be like 15 Married at 15, that mm. one just really um, only known through and, and I could only learn through her father and her husband. That mm. was it. the only way I could learn about her. Mm. Those are the two things that really sit for me. Mm. And um, MAP. So MAP is a method of um, working with the subconscious mind that is just like giving instructions to the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So there's this psychologist, Gary Flint, who just, you know, he learned, oh, you could just ask the subconscious to do what we need it to do. Mm -hmm. And so he would just ask. <laughs> he had these great results for his clients that he was really stuck with. And, um, and I've been using it ever since I learned it, obviously, um, with, for my ailments and everything that goes on with my body and my highly mm -hmm. sensitive nature, mm -hmm. but just, just feel such a, um, love for that subconscious realm. And obviously, uh, as a channeler have been in that realm for so long, but mm -hmm. really beautiful to work with it in, in this kind of way. Mm. An identity that I would um, think of when I think of you is artist, artist and creative and maker. Um, mm -hmm. So can you share a bit about like, what is art journaling? I, I see that as, 
as like a kind of signature offering that you have, but, but explain to the listeners, like what is art journaling and have you just always done it? Or was there a gap between like when you were a child and, or, or youth and an adult of keeping up an art journal? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, art journaling for me, definitely I would say art has been there since the very beginning. Um, and even, you know, yeah, it's just always, always been something that I have. It's like a my blankie, you know, when <laughs> I was little. It was such a comfort and such a, a place to get lost in and a place to be regulated with. Like it was just such a, a big old comfy blanket to sit with. Um, and then it started to be when I moved to the area that I live now, um, I started to really use nature as my, you know, co- co-regulate with nature. I didn't mean to, wasn't something I knew about or didn't have that languaging at the time. Um, but that's what ended up happening. And then, and then I really um, went deep into this hermiting kind of phase of my life where I wasn't doing a lot of connecting with other people, I was connecting with the moon in my art journal and on in my studio and with my paintings. And it just became this conversation um, that was so important to, for my healing, mm. for my healing and for my manifesting, but like for my creating of the, the changes I wanted to make in my health and my life, but also um, just that deep healing and that connection with spirit through imagery and with my subconscious mind through imagery. It just, for me, it works really, really well. So my art journal really helps in that way. Mm. Is that the main, what was that? It's definitely evolved over time for sure. Yeah. Mm. Is that kind of one of the main um, prompts or motivators? Like, I'm I'm sort of curious what was happening in your life that led you to start making art specifically with the moon, like the, mm-hmm. that that relationship seemed really um, present and important. Yeah, that's another great question. And you know, the only thing that I can remember that like um, kind of instigated that was this moment I had in my living room where I was just, it was one of those, you know, beautiful connected moments with the divine. And I had really just said yes to what I would describe as like great mother or just this, the goddess, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that type of energy. And, and it was a moment where it felt like she was asking me like, you know, would you devote your life to this? And I was saying yes and crying and just, it was really beautiful moment, but also very private and kind of um, hard to describe. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why I this strange moment I had on my couch. (laughs) In that moment I did. And then all this stuff happened and it wasn't, um, which is how I tend to flow anyway. I don't have a lot of 
pre-knowledge before things. There's not a lot of thinking beforehand. There's not a lot of education beforehand. I'm usually learning about what transpired to me afterwards, not mm. beforehand. Then I go into learning to like, oh, that's what that was. Oh, that's mm. the healing that I was going through. Oh, that's what was happening. But mm. I was just listening. And then through my listening, it was like, oh, I had to, like, I just had to you know, really sit with the new moon. And then I just really had to sit with the full moon. And, and then like, I did that for a few years. And then it was like, Oh, I really have to sit with all the phases. <laughs> it's doing all the phases. And, and now it's like, Oh, I have, I have to do it daily. Like, it's just this what? daily thing I have to touch point into. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it'll evolve again. But um because it's nice when it's also just the simplicity of the new and the full moon is really rhythmic and so like um, so soothing. That's mm. such a soothing. There's a simplicity in that that's fairly soothing for my system. Mm. It's so nice to hear that you just had this, I mean, what an academic might call a Gnostic experience or, you know, just like where you were just sitting listening on your sofa you know, I might call that, oh, I was doing trance work or whatever, but you're calling it listening. And I like that even if we don't have the language or we don't know what's happening, it's like there's a phenomena, phenomenon, and you're responding to it. And then as you say yes, and you're like trusting, it's really an act of faith. You're just like, okay, this is truly, you know, what you're describing, what they say, like, let me be a vessel or a conduit, you're just like opening up and channeling. And then you find out like, oh, this is like actually a part of my daily practice. It's it's really beautiful. Yeah. And I hope all the listeners are feeling reassured, soothed, inspired that like it can be that way. You don't have to read a ton of books. You don't have to <laughs> take courses. Yeah. You don't have to know how everything works. You can just <laughs> immerse listen. yourself and listen. I love that. Yeah. Can you tell us like what kind of art spells then are you Mm -hmm. doing at different moon phases? Like you talked about the simplicity of there's like the new moon and full moon. They're just going to come. We don't have to do anything. But like how then does your magic and and the art that you're making change between the different phases? So for me, it usually, it's not always the same because I am still always like that listener. I'm just really, um, it's just how I operate. So it, most of the time in that new moon phase, there's like this depth of just dropping right into like (laughs) the deep of myself and connecting with what it is that I really want. Mm. And After not asking myself that for most of my life, to be asking myself that every new moon has been so healing and transformative because Mm -hmm. it's a constant learning, like, oh, what do I really want? Mm -hmm. And just going into it deeper and and knowing that the next new moon, I get to ask myself that again, what do I Mm -hmm. really want? And guess what? It can change. Do you ever not know? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, yes. I don't know. And sometimes it's just like a blank, black, painted page with just empty space of, Mm. oh, 
what wants what wants to come what wants to be and then there's you know the shifting and the changing and the transforming of what i really want that i feel like really happens between the new moon and the full mm. moon kind of like this refining mm. right like this just this this internal kind of um I guess kind of like editing, you know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you're, editing. you're like, okay, like you said you wanted this, but did you know that it means this and this? <laughs> right. Oh, maybe I don't want that. I don't know. <laughs> so definitely feeling like there's some, you know, lots of conversations that happen in my mm -hmm. journal at that point. And then by the time the full moon comes around, I feel like it's like, oh, okay, there's some solidity in it. There's some um, I've come to something that's true or real for me. Mm -hmm. And then there's this gratitude and this desire to just similarly to how that moon just shines bright. Like there's just this, I, there's this desire to just, Oh, like shine with it <laughs> and, mm. and, and state it and declare it and, and own it and be in it and then you know gently shift into ah like a release and like um a letting go and and so oftentimes as well what i'm doing at the full moon usually it's a little bit afterwards the full moon so a couple days afterwards um but I'm also thinking about what I, what I want to let go or release that's in the way of what I really want, because mm. I do so much subconscious work as well. Um, that tends to be something I'm really centered on as well. It's just, okay. Like mm. I've had so many blocks. Um, I mean, blocks feels like a harsh word to call them, but there's just been so much trauma and there's been so much, um, there's been so much to work through and to mm. tend to. So, you know, in my language now after all this time just because I tend to be a little bit of a nerd for like internal family systems I really like how they talk about parts like I love it so much <laughs> so it's like at the full moon it's like okay parts like which parts want to be tended to because mm -hmm. this is where I want to go but I see that you're really scared because this mm -hmm. this goal that I you I set at the new moon really activated some things and so there's a lot of tending that happens at the, at the waning phases of the moon, just a lot of tending. Mm. I love that you love parts too. Um, that was part of my training in clinical hypnotherapy. And of course, like, it's so great to the subconscious. So like being in trance and working with parts, parts therapy is awesome. People, <laughs> they either it's called parts therapy or internal family systems. And if you can yeah. find a therapist who works that way, it's like really fun. <laughs> well, I should so say fun, fun because obviously, you know, there's a lot of, you're working through your deepest shit, but like, I find it as somebody who also really vibes with like the subconscious mind and working with the subconscious and um, world building and map making and um, sort of shape shifting and rescripting. Yeah. I, I find parts really oh. helpful. And um, I love the idea that it shows up in your magic and your art practice. Is there a lunation, like a moon phase that you particularly love? Like what, what part of the cycle do you, do you really like? It's sort of like, we love all our children equally. <laughs> but, oh, but I got a favorite. That, 
it's definitely the new moon and I was born on the new moon as well so maybe that's why the proclivities that one and I'm like oh I love you it's so it just feels again just that dr- dropping down into that depth feels like home to me so mm. it's familiar it um it feels like the the people who are willing to drop down to that space as well are just like, oh, like I love those people in life who can do that and who aren't afraid of everything that comes up there because there's a lot that um, can be extremely difficult and uncomfortable to deal with, but is also um, just, I feel like where the gold is. Yeah, totally. I love that dark moon phase, the couple days before the new moon. And I've sort of never really thought of it, but I think I was born last quarter, like sort of midway yes. through the last quarter. So like very close to the dark moon phase. And I, I think, you know, the framing of that for me has been like, and so it's pretty easy for you to let go of things. And I'm like, I wouldn't say it's easy. It's just that when a thing has to be done, I, I am I, I am resolved to do what spirit's guiding me to do, even though at times it's um, really c- uncomfortable or lonely or um, sad or, you know, whatever it is. There, there's always consequences to those things, but I like it too, to be able to just like be in the, the humus soil of the cycle, you know, just really down in the depths. Um, so you mentioned also that you use this practice to help you with like health stuff and um, that you had like different, yeah, that there's been different times where there was subconscious stuff and that you've been on this healing journey. So I'm curious how your health journey has impacted your art practice and also vice versa. Then like what if the, what's been the impact on your health of, of having this as part of your art journaling practice? Oh, yeah. Um it's another great question, especially like, I feel like there's so much, wow, like I could talk about that for so long. <laughs> and at the same time, yeah, it's um, sometimes hard to put into words as well, right? But so I struggle with um, mast cell activation syndrome. And that's really, uh, is such an interesting thing to experience um one as a sensitive person because it's like wow you're also massively physically (laughs) sensitive and (laughs) and so there's it's it's caused um it's changed the pace but having danced with that rhythm of the moon um before I even knew what I had it you know, at first it was like this mysterious illness for like 10 years because there just wasn't any kind of support around it. So, um, so I didn't know what it was, but I, I experienced just this, just this rhythm that I found with that lunar cycle and Mm -hmm. moving into it and then deepening also with the seasons as well, because you can't, you can't connect with the moon in my opinion, without also connecting with the sun. (laughs) And what the sun's doing, like they go hand in hand (laughs) and, and they have this like a wonderful dance, but the moon just because of that, um, the moon has this rhythm that to me just feels so much more soothing for my body and helped me to be okay with the pace that I had to shift and change into because of my health. Mm. So my health really required me to slow down 
and to stop worrying about being productive all of the time and to get to understand what it means to have phases. So have phases where you can, um, you know, be present how you want to be and then have phases where you, you have to just lie back and wait and be patient Mm -hmm. and be in this like empty space. And, Mm -hmm. and that's one of the, you know, that empty space was really uncomfortable for me in, Mm -hmm you know, when I was younger, but now it's like, oh, I'm in empty space now. Okay. This is, <laughs> I can accept and love it and appreciate it now as well. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's times where I'm like, I don't want to be in empty space. I want to be doing this and this and this and this, <laughs> but um, a lot more acceptance than in the past. Mm. Do you find that there are times where your health stuff impedes or impairs your ability to make art? Or is it, it, maybe it's not that direct of a connection. I don't ever really actually find that it impedes the art part um, because the art is what I go to, to help me move through all of the emotions and all of like everything that I'm having to contend with and the trauma, like the medical trauma, the, like the the health trauma, the, the stuff that, and all of the trauma that led to um, things having built up for, for so long. So art has been just this thing that has been my medicine. Like it's, Mm. it's always present. It's always there. I can always go to it. I go to it, um, constantly to, to move through what needs to be moved through in the moment. Mm. Um, and, and what I love about it is like, it doesn't have to look good. And I think, you know, when we're talking about that identity and I, I, I identify as an artist, but I'm not a professional artist, but I choose to identify as an artist on purpose. And the reason is because, you know, darn it, I'm going to make marks and I don't care if my marks are ugly and I don't care if they're not (laughs) phenomenal. I'm going to make marks because I get to play and Mm -hmm. I get to have fun and I get to sit there and just um, allow my inner artist to just lead me wherever my spirit, my soul, my body, my trauma needs me to go, wherever my parts need me to go. (laughs) (laughs) So you never feel blocked. You don't get creative blocks. No, not creative blocks, but I do get, I guess, um, I mean, it it would be more blocked in my, the productivity part of it. Like I wish I could produce more, um, than I'm capable of producing mm. that I, I, I struggle with. Mm. So do you have any guides or allies that you call on to help you in that struggle then? Yeah, I'm always, um, you know, there's two guides that I work with all of the time. And that one is like the goddess or the great mother and she comes to me so many different ways and so many different faces and so many different flavors. Flavors, <laughs> a little like Baskin Robbins that way. <laughs> so definitely always constantly um, returning to that source. Um, sometimes she comes to me as a cauldron, which I love. Sometimes she comes as a cave. Sometimes she comes as a womb. Like I love that it's so many different faces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and my... Uh, guardian angel Cassandra, who I've 
professionally worked with for over 20 years. So we, she's like a best friend. <laughs> she's mm. like always there. So yeah, I'm always writing to Cassandra <laughs> a million times, which by the way, I do want to just share, like if you do keep a journal, if that's something that you do, like even if it's a writing journal, not necessarily, um, you know, art or imagery, but if you have your journals and then all of a sudden you feel at this point like, oh, I feel ready to release or let go of my journals. One of my favorite things that I did and I use all of the time still in my art um, is I had a fire where I just burned a bunch of journals from earlier because it just they felt ready to be let go. And I burnt them under this full moon. And then I kept some of the wood and some of the embers and some of the ashes. And then I was able to like use all the ashes uh, on my pages whenever I really felt like I wanted to bring Cassandra because it was so many conversations to Cassandra and, and great mother. So um, I think it's a great way to just start bringing some of that like painting with your fingers feel into things mm. you know or painting with charcoal like just playing with charcoal um mm. it's just playing with that burnt wood oh that sounds like a beautiful honoring when you first said you burnt them I was like oh, that's shocking I know it's a thing that, that people will burn journals and part of me I, I I think I just don't have very many mementos and so even if it's like the shittiest most traumatic <laughs> diary I'm like probably gonna keep it um but I love the idea of like I do burn lists and I burn like specific letters that I create for ritual where I'm like ready to let this go or I'm calling in a deity or especially like I've done that working when I'm trying to woo a deity a little bit to come a little closer like Hestia <laughs> kind of thing and like that would be perfect to have the ashes of my Hestian ritual and then oh, like make ink yes. or you know something like that yeah oh even cool rubbing idea. it like as the charcoal like as the it's just so such a textural kind of fun thing to do yeah. as well yeah so cool thank you for sharing that um so I don't want our conversation to end. I have a last question, but I would rather I would rather like keep it going for a little longer because I know you to be someone who is is actually very prolific. So like if, if people follow Dana on Instagram or things like that, there's like not just the art that you create, but then like the way you present it to the world and like little movies you make and little just all that stuff. Um and it just seems like every part of your life is like really creative. Did you have a mentor or, and it, was there anyone not in the spirit realm or was it very spirit led that gave you such confidence as a creator? Oh yeah. Um, I didn't have mentors, unfortunately. In fact, like Carmen, you're my first mentor. <laughs> oh. like, and I'm like, oh, I'm talking to you on your podcast. You're my first mentor. <laughs> And there's so much emotion about that. And I know because I've shared with that with you before, but it was really hard not to have mentors. So it's really great. Like when you were talking about just the listening, it's so there's such a beautiful thing about that. But there's also some really hard things about being mm -hmm. just the listening part and not having um, kind of that other support to, to back it up. So mm. yeah, when it comes to uh, more so mentors through books, and through mm -hmm. um, other artists that I would kind of watch what they're doing and see what they're doing and love what they're doing. Um, and 
just people who inspire me on um, social media, people who inspire mm-hmm. me on Instagram and TikTok and, you know, all those kind of places where it's fun to hang out sometimes and see what what's getting mm-hmm. created because it's so, it's just, it's so expansive nowadays. Mm-hmm. There's so, mm-hmm. there's an ability to just expand um, my imagination because of being able to connect with all these beautiful souls who are doing such beautiful work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So those, those would be my inspirations for sure. Can you talk a little bit about, you said earlier, like writing, you've made some book-like things, but that you feel like you're just playing. Would you share what feels comfortable to share about like what you want to create or what you're going to create? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I love this. As I become like a little mouse. Yeah. You're like, (laughs) okay. Okay. (laughs) So there's this thing I'm working on. Um, and, and it's called Oriana's Moonside Companion. And it's these, these, um, I really love, and I didn't know this until I started creating it, but I have this memory from when I was eight years old and I was so excited. I was with my auntie and my mom and they were sitting at the table and I was so excited to show them this book. And this book was like all these pictures and these words and all these pictures and these words. And, and like, I just loved school and like worksheets. (laughs) I loved worksheets too. Oh my gosh. When your teacher would hand you out, I don't know if you remember the mimeograph. I remember seeing the mimeograph where they actually had to like roll that they would make Xerox copies before the Xerox machine and then give you handouts. Oh my gosh. That was like treasure. Right? Uh, Exactly. They were treasures. Oh my goodness. I loved it. So these, this book that I'm working on, which has been just such a journey. Oh my goodness. Um, but there are pages that are like worksheet pages. Like my little eight-year-old was so excited to like show to her mom and her auntie who was a teacher. I think that's why I was so excited because my auntie was a teacher. And I was like, look, I made worksheets that are pretty. <laughs> so one day I, you know, I just thought of this just now when we're talking. Oh, this makes me want to cry. I'm going to go see her with my book when it's yes. done. And I'm going to go, look, I made some pretty worksheets. <laughs> I love it. So they're pretty worksheets for working with the moon and just making it, you know, simple or easy for someone to follow mm-hmm. that they could just do on their own, right? Mm-hmm. Working with each uh, lunar, lunar phase. Oh, my God. Yeah. I am so excited about it. It's reminding, I'm having a childhood memory based on your childhood memory of worksheets of the other thing I loved was one year for Christmas. I got this like, probably it was like a one or two inch thick um, Christmas book of things, you know, where it's like one would be a crossword. The other one would be connect the dots. The other one would oh, be my like favorite. a hangman. Yeah, exactly. And it was like a thousand pages or something. Oh, and really? basically like I would do it all year round. I yeah. would do it like, and it, and it lasted for years. And what I love about it is like, imagine a moon phase art journal worksheet book where you literally could just like pick it up and wear it whatever moon phase you're in whatever time of the year you'd like find the one if you already did it you find a different one I just that just seems super exciting to me oh do you want to can I share something really quick as well with about it yeah so I thought you might appreciate 
so I was doing some research on my lineage that Mar- Marguerite Sylvester is the, the anyway her dad was so I always have this vision as I'm like um I meet this this one of my really really great friends um once a week and we talk about um what we're creating and and really going into this visioning that I do and all the time I don't know why but I'm always in Paris and I'm sitting and I'm seeing my book in this little shop window and I'm at this table sitting and I'm appreciating that my book is in this little shop window and then I learned that Marguerite Sylvester's um, father was a printer and a bookseller oh. in Paris oh. and his dad was and his dad before him was oh my like, oh so precious Oh, wow. So like the old ones are encouraging you and speaking through you and saying, we have, there's a channel here. The way is opening. You should just do this. Yeah. It would make them happy. They would be pleased. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. There's some honoring there. Yeah. Okay. So Dana, as you know, the last um, question on the podcast is always the same. So how do you cope with grief and rage? Hmm. You can feel it just talking about it through picture for sure in my art journal. Definitely. I remember once painting this picture, drawing this picture of a frog and just feeling all of the grief for what the frogs endure mm-hmm. nowadays, not having habitats like they, they would have in the past. And I loved frogs when I was little so much. So, so much of my grief and rage goes into my journal mm-hmm. and, and then it goes into my writing when I'm sharing it with my um, community. Cause I tend to, <laughs> to just, you know, let it all out and, <laughs> and um, express it as I always need to, I always need mm-hmm. to express it and be transparent with it. Um, so the sharing of it and the expressing of it, and then sometimes with the grief, there's been so much grief, especially with, um, like living with a chronic illness, there's just so much grief that can come with that along with all of the collapse grief and all, like I'm feeling all of it as I'm talking about it, like touching it, touching point into it. Um, Mm -hmm. but talking about it, expressing it, you know, literally like booking sessions with my mentors and my, and my people. And, um, and also sitting in circle, I've sat in circle often that has helped um, Mm. with the grief and the rage. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So a lot of forms because there's so much of it. I think Mm -hmm. it needs so many, so many touch points Mm -hmm. to kind of try Mm -hmm. to move through some of it. Well, thank you so much for giving us an, an, just like a really beautiful example of one touch point, one way, you know, the example that you provide of, I don't know that it's fearless, but it's certainly confident, you know, the confidence and the, the um, 
empowered way that you're like, I'm going to make these marks and they're meaningful to me. And so like, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Like there's no assessment or evaluation. It's just like this judgment free zone. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's really beautiful. And it's really, it's like touching into something earlier in me that's like, oh yeah, I used to draw all the time as a kid. That was like a signature thing I was known for. And now I don't draw very much, but my son does. And it's like beautiful to see that carried on but I yeah I might get it I might reclaim a little bit yeah so thanks thanks Dana you're so welcome I'd start with just like put your handprint down on the page and trace it and then just fill it with some images beautiful that sounds like a beautiful ritual oh I'm getting chills well thanks for being on the show Dana it's been awesome to have you thank you Carmen Doesn't that sound like a fun workbook? Want, want, want. Go ahead and follow Dana on Instagram. It'll be linked in the show notes at numinouspodcast.com. And let's just hold the vision of her moon-themed art journals. We can all have it in our hot little hands as soon as cosmically possible. Thank you for listening today, my friends. Uh, Once again, I'd like us to keep tracking the women and girls of Iran fighting for autonomy. Please pressure your politicians to pay attention. If you're not sure what to do, there are links in the episode show notes at numinouspodcast.com. Let your leaders know that you support the revolution happening there and you want them to as well. My friends, the Spirited Kitchen is in stores, not all stores. Because technically the publication date is October 31st, so if you're listening before then, um, it's probably just like smaller independent stores. Larger stores seem to be holding it back until at least the 30th, and I think Amazon is shipping in certain markets. I don't really get it, but anyway, some of you already have it, and so tag me. If you're posting on Instagram, of course, I want to know what you think. I want to see where you're keeping it. Show me your shelfie. And if you want to let me know that you really like it, the way to do that is to write a review on Goodreads or Amazon. I'm going to force myself to read them. And you know what? If you don't like it, I understand. It's okay. It's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, But I'd still love you to tell me in your review on Goodreads or Amazon, who do you think my book is for? So if you're like, yeah, it's a pass for me, but... You know, if you really like the work of Clarissa Pinkola Estes, then, and you also really like West Coast cooking, I don't, I don't really know, it's not just West Coast, but anyway, but also who wouldn't like Clarissa Pinkola Estes? Anyhow, I think you know what I mean. If it just wasn't your jam, I'd still like your review. Just say who you think would like it, you know, honest and not mean. That's, that's all I want but if you do like it tell me that because I could definitely use that if you want to keep up with uh you know things that are happening throughout the rest of the year you want to join us at Yuletide so we can you know do the spirit of Yuletide together you want to hang out and um enjoy Wheel of the Year uh, rituals just like as appear in the Spirited Kitchen get on my newsletter you can sign up at my website carmenspaniola.com c-a-r- M-E-N-S-P-A-G-N-O-L-A. Until next time, take care.